The views and opinions of this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading. Bringing you the ag information you need, this is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. Well, we saw a down day in the grain and oilseed markets to round out the week on Friday. Not the best way to end what was an okay week of trade. We're going to talk about all that more today here on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us on the program. Great to have you along for a conversation about the markets and issues impacting rural America. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and coming up on today's show, we're going to get some thoughts about this grain market and some of the issues uh, that we saw to round out the week on Friday as uh, we look ahead to uh, the end of the month is almost here, and we have... Uh, Plenty of things in front of us, including the South American soybean harvest and the safrina corn planting we're watching down there. We had all this economic stimulus in China to talk about in the markets and more. We're going to have a conversation today with Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. She's going to join us coming up here uh, in segment two and three today for a conversation. Give us her perspective on what is happening in the market trade. Also coming up, we're going to end the show. We're going to have a new voice here on Market Talk. Happy to welcome Connor Bridgman with Advanced Trading and ATI Pro Media. He is going to join us to talk about the markets as we wrapped up the week and provide some of his perspective as well on today's show. So we got a jam-packed one for you. We're looking forward to it here as we get into what has been happening in the commodity markets. And yeah, really felt like uh, just kind of a, a situation where fun money was really kind of protecting its short positions in the grain markets on Friday. That's what it largely felt like with uh, wheat, soybeans uh, showing the most uh, pressure, corn kind of down moderately, really just a, a red day for the most part across the board, although soybean oil did its best to try and find a little bit of positivity. On the flip side, cattle and hogs had a pretty decent day as well on livestock on friday so it wasn't all bad across the board but largely grains and then the energies uh, was kind of a sea of red on the day friday we get a few thoughts about some of that market action on the day friday as well as some thoughts in the fertilizer and energy markets from mike castle with stone x he sat in for Arlen Suderman on our midday commentary on the day Friday and gave us some perspective of uh, some of the, uh, again, funds maybe covering and protecting some of their short positions, a little bit of selling pressure of the grains on Friday. That's where we start our conversation. And again, we also talk about some of the notes he's seeing in the fertilizer markets as well. Here are those comments and market analysis from Mike Castle with StoneX here on Market Talk. Kind of a reverse in course from earlier in the week when we saw him step in, all the technical indicators kind of getting deeper and deeper into oversold territory through the first three weeks of the month here. Brought back some of that buying interest, kind of perked us up for a while, but obviously not very long lived, wiping those gains back out here today. Um, so kind of, kind of like we said, not just Red Friday here in Kansas City as we gear up for our Chiefs game this weekend, unfortunately also Red Friday for the grain market. 
Yeah, and I know, too, we've had a lot of economic data out this week in the U.S., and we've had the Chinese stimulus as well. That's been a factor, plus a lot of the underlying geopolitical risks, too, going on uh, overseas. I think some of that maybe, uh, are we getting a little bit of that geopolitical risk taken out of these grain markets as well here to round out the week, Mike? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think you're seeing that both in grain and energy kind of taking away some of that risk premium in large part because of the news of China stepping in, talking to Iran, kind of encouraging them to get the Houthis to step back some of the attacks that we're seeing in the Red Sea, kind of the first positive news that we've seen there for some time. So, uh, you know, obviously it built up a fair amount of that risk premium here this week as well and kind of tampering that back down today. That crude oil market has been uh, interesting to watch here this week, getting above that 76 handle as well in uh, March WTI futures. And, you know, I look at some of those energies and some of the fertilizer markets as well. I know you look at a lot of those things. Uh, What are some notes for us as we kind of round out the month of January that uh, beyond the geopolitical issues there in, say, crude oil, what are some other things you're watching on the energy side and in the fertilizer markets right now? Yeah, the fertilizer markets, obviously, here in the U.S., we're shifting our focus to the upcoming spring season, kind of creeping up on us, to be honest, almost done with the month of January here. So uh, we've got kind of a short window to get supplies back into the Midwest, back into the system for those applications. Had a great spring last year, great fall season as well across the board on the nitrogen and honestly, P&K side as well. Uh, So the system is pretty empty. And then, you know, with the river issues we had, kind of a difficult resupply effort, you know, getting the tons from NOLA back up through the river system across the Midwest. So still kind of playing catch up. Um, you know, I know in the winter we kind of get into these doldrums, not really thinking about what's ahead, but, you know, now we're getting pretty close to spring, um, starting to see nitrogen prices rally back here. Uh, we've hit our NOLA low at NOLA on both the urea and UAN side here in the last month or so it's been firming probably up 50 60 bucks a ton at nola on the urea side here over the last few weeks um you know with spring demand kind of looming and obviously like i mentioned supplies being pretty tight here in the u.s it does feel like we're kind of firming as we head towards that spring season and once again good stuff there from mike castle with stone x he filled in for arlen suderman on the day friday for our midday commentary well, also uh, watching ahead here this next week, the Cattle Industry Convention is going to be happening in Orlando, Florida. We will be there on the ground covering this year's Cattle Con. And as the beef industry prepares to meet in Orlando for the 2024 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA trade show, the policy playbook is top of mind. Executive Vice President of the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association, Michael Kelsey, shares what the discussion will cover based on conversations with ranchers in his state. We're going to have some discussion about animal disease traceability. The National Animal Disease Traceability Task Force has finished their work and are bringing some policy that will consider how to institute a disease surveillance program on a national level that includes not only older, more mature cattle, 18 months and older, but also younger cattle. So we're going to have a discussion about that and see kind of where that shakes out at the end of the day. I've seen some of those draft policies. They're pretty long, pretty complicated, but they need to be because that's not an easy issue. 
Aside from disease traceability, Kelsey says there may also be discussion regarding beef sustainability. Yeah, the long-range plan, beef sustainability, uh, beef checkoff. Some of those types of things are very, very important to our membership and our group, but you're absolutely right. To make sure we're part of those conversations, wherever those conversations might occur, if they're at the state level, if they're at the national level, even if they're at the international level, we need to make sure that beef is positioned positively. And so sustainability, whether we like it or not, it's a it's a topic. And it's, it's a topic that some, some interest is there by some folks who don't have our best interests in mind. And so we've got to be at the table advocating for uh, our industry. And once again, the Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show kicks off this coming Wednesday and runs into the weekend in Orlando, Florida. And looking forward to being there on the ground for this year's Cattle Industry Convention as we talk with uh, newsmakers and folks throughout the cattle industry. We'll talk markets with folks down there as well. So looking forward to a great couple of days on the ground in Orlando, Florida here this upcoming week. All right, we're going to turn our attention to the commodity markets and get some market perspective and thoughts from Naomi Bloom with Total Farm Marketing. She joins us on Market Talk on the way right after the break. If you miss an episode of Market Talk, you can listen back to the show anytime. Just search for Market Talk on your podcast platform of choice, and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Bringing you the ag information you need. This is Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Well, if we take a look at how the markets wrapped up on the day Friday, not the best end of a trading week with uh, plenty of red on the screen in the grains and the oil seeds, although bean oil did eke out a little bit of a gain on the day uh, overall. But uh, really, Friday session, kind of a, a downward move in the grain trade while the livestock trade had an up day. We got plenty to take a look at here throughout the markets and what is happening and get some perspective today from Naomi Bloom with Total Farm Marketing. Naomi, great to have you back on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, let's just uh, take a thousand foot view to start here in this grain and oilseed trade. As I mentioned, not the best end of the week. I guess it, to me, it felt like maybe some of this managed money was protecting some of its short position possibly we took a little profit maybe on friday is that how you would view kind of the overall grain downward trade on friday well i think that's part of it there's a lot of stuff kind of going on here so as you know earlier in the week prices tested and held major support levels we had a nice recovery bounce higher uh corn able to you know climb up um, and clear that 450 number Beans able to get up to the 1240 area with the March contract. But then we were up against the next level of resistance on the technical charts. And we just we ran out of friendly news. Uh, so what happened yesterday and today, we had numbers from Argentina saying that they're uh, both their corn and bean crops just a little bit bigger. Um, and then harvest really starting to begin with Brazil. So their cash prices were a little bit lower. 
and just not any friendly news. And so we saw, again, just the sellers take over. And so now here we sit on a Friday. Uh, we're still range bound. We're still holding some major support areas. But boy, we are we are stuck for any kind of friendly news and just kind of wading through the weeds here, uh, hoping for something friendly to come along to make, give this market a pop and maybe give the funds finally a reason to cover some of those short positions. So hopefully something comes soon. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, just not a whole lot in the way of friendly, fresh news in this market. It's almost these markets, they feel like they maybe been building a base to some degree, but it also kind of makes me feel like we're back in holiday mode to a certain aspect because we just, like you said, we're stuck kind of range bound here, Naomi. Yeah, I do agree with your sentiment of building a base. Um, you know, with as short as the funds are, they haven't historically gotten too much shorter. So they could, though, get short stay short and just sit on it for a while. That's the risk. Um, next week, though, I think the Fed uh, meets. So we'll get some fresh news there in terms of when they would be potentially lowering those interest rates. Hopefully we get some commentary with that. Um, but then as far as actual news, we're hoping we see more export sales. We're kind of hoping for bad weather to happen in South America in terms of corn production. Of course, as we all know, 75% of the Brazil corn crop, the safrina crop, not yet planted. And between Argentina and Brazil, both, all of that corn, there is demand for all of it. They don't have really big carryout from the year prior, specifically Argentina. So all of the corn that they grow is needed. So there's no room for a weather hiccup. So that's what we're watching weather-wise and news-wise seasonally. Seasonals haven't totally worked, but seasonally, corn and beans both should, from a seasonal perspective, start to rally next week into Valentine's Day. So where there's hope for that. But again, we need some news to come along here and ignite it. Um, but to your initial point, yeah, I do think we're building a base. China has been in the news this week with their economic stimulus. And you mentioned as we think about South American harvest, some of those prices in Brazil getting a bit cheaper maybe to entice Chinese buyers there versus buying any U.S. grain. But this whole economic stimulus situation in China, I know that's been a, a talking point in the market this week. Can you share your thoughts and perspective on how that's impacting things or, or not impacting things, Naomi? I'm a little mixed on it, you know, from the perspective of, you know, China's needs to get their economy going. Um, they need to keep things moving along here. So they're wanting to put stimulus in it so that, you know, potentially we see some new demand. Now, the cattle market bid onto that news and the cattle market said, hey, great, maybe we're going to see China come in and buy beef. But yet the grain market isn't really interested on it because the news of the Brazil crop still being big enough is weighing. Um, and then also with China, now they're intentionally starting to reduce that hog herd. So if they're reducing the number of hogs, that's the less hogs that they're going to have on feed. So that's another aspect playing into it as well. So um, we'll keep an eye with China. We'll again, look to see what our US economy and the Fed meeting has to say next week. Um, as far as any signs of new life, maybe with month end coming in, we see a reason for the funds to want to put some profits on the books and actually exit short positions so they have a profit to share. Um, but yeah, the global economy is something continuing to watch. China, of course, 
the biggest factor in it right now. I'd heard some talk that uh, another issue in these markets, I believe, and I think this had more of an impact on the energy side, but it's having an impact on shipping around the world as well as all the trouble in the Middle East and the Houthi rebels and the attacks in the Red Sea. It sounded like China is talking to Iran to try and get the Houthi rebels to kind of knock it off, so to speak. But uh-huh. I know there's a lot of geopolitical risk and a lot of shipping issues here that's not a friendly news item to the market by any means, but it's something that is being talked about in the market as well. Uh, Your thoughts there? Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that China said that. Essentially, it was like the big brother telling the little brother, knock it off. Like, we need the shippings to happen or we're going to, China, we're going to, you know, affect your um, economy from the standpoint, you know, as far as how much oil China buys from Iran. So China stepping in and, and actually saying something I thought was pretty important. And we saw the crude oil market drop about a dollar on that news earlier today, um, that there would maybe be hope that tensions simmer down over there because China stepped in. And that was part of the reason that we had sold off today as well, because there was initial hope that with the strife in the Red Sea region, that the United States wheat would then come into demand. And so that had pushed the market higher earlier this week. But then with China saying to Iran, knock it off, that's what made prices for the wheat market go down. So that is always continuing to be something to monitor at any moment, you know, the war with Israel and uh, with Gaza Strip, everything is still, you know, flaring up there. Um, Things are not fixed, obviously, with Russia, Ukraine. So tensions always are something to be watching. Lately, though, it seems like some of that outside market news has just been more for day trading fodder. It just feels like we're ignoring the reality of war and what it can mean. And a war headline doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, But definitely something for short-term marketing and markets to watch is all of those global shenanigans happening everywhere. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And, and I wonder too. Another thought that I've uh, I've talked about with a few people here this past week, Naomi, is we have all the all this news out there, nothing really friendly to the market. But we also, I think, some folks are starting to think about the U.S. acreage battle here already at the end of January. Is that something that you think is maybe starting to be a market conversation, or is it still a little early for that? Well, it's starting to become a conversational piece. Um, one industry um, analyst, you know, had put out their numbers for the year, saying about you know two million less corn acres planted this spring than last year, um, and some more beans than last year. And the market, I think, is a little perplexed by all of it. And I have to say, when I I was out in South Dakota in late November, um, and then also in December and in Iowa, and I was talking with producers there, and it was hard to get a handle or a pulse on what they were going to be doing for acres this year. I think the vast vast majority said they were going to be doing just the regular rotation. But in some places, it was definitively more beans. In other places, it was more corn. So I think it's going to be a point of contention and, and questioning going forward. I mean, we could lose 2 million acres of corn, and we're still going to be struggling with 2 billion bushel carryout. So that is just going to be hanging over the market that notion of 2 billion bushel carryout until either we see an uptick in demand or something bad has to happen in Brazil, um, or we need acres to be, you know, maybe 4 million less than last year. So it is going to be something to be talking about. And then the next reason it's going to be something we talk about is because in February is that USDA Outlook Forum, 
where it's not a USDA report. It's like the third week of February. And that's when they come out and say, hey, this is you know, our early projections for acres and it's going to be record yield and everything's going to be fine. And then the market sinks lower on it. So you are going to hear a lot more about the acreage talk. Um, and I don't really know that the industry has a good pulse on it. So we'll see. Well, we are having a great conversation here today with Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. We're going to have Naomi stick around. Uh, coming up here in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more in the grains, kind of wrap up our conversation there. Want to touch on the livestock and dairy markets with her as well. Stick around. We'll have more here on Market Talk with Naomi Bloom from Total Farm Marketing on the way right after the break. If you miss an episode of Market Talk, you can listen back to the show anytime. Just search for Market Talk on your podcast platform of choice, and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button, or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. We are having a conversation today with Naomi Bloom from Total Farm Marketing. And Naomi, to kind of wrap up our, our grain discussion here a little bit today, uh, just some thoughts from you, and we could break this up by corn, beans, and wheat if we want to, but just some thoughts on risk management. I, I feel like just in general that folks have to be pretty smart here, sharpen their pencil, so to speak, in terms of their marketing plan as we're beginning a new year, we're looking at the South American supplies, et cetera, et cetera. And just offer some thoughts for us uh, on risk management here and, and what you want folks to remember right now in grains. I, a few things. Um, be defensive until really proven otherwise. So what that means is uh, have realistic expectations in terms of cash marketing and cash sales. And so if I had corn in the bin or beans in the bin, I would take a look at charts and put some realistic objectives um, as far as upside targets, like specifically March corn. If we could have a nice recovery bounce up to the 375 area, that used to be tremendous support. So now it's going to be resistance. So have some orders working with your elevator to get some cash sales moving at that level. That would also equate to December corn getting closer to that $5 level and have some open orders there working to um, make the cash sales. You could also have open orders working to buy puts. A $5 put, if we can see Dece corn get back up to $5, a $5 put should be close to 38 cents. So you can have an open order working um, at those values. Uh, same types of things with, with the soybeans, because the market is stuck on everything's going to be just fine. And that's the mentality that's killing us right now. There's no reason for the funds to exit those shorts. Um, it'll take a dramatic weather issue to make that change. Something would probably happen at some point, you know, in the summer on a weather scare or something like that. But just make sure you're pulling the trigger. The perception is that things are going to be good enough. The perception is that we have this 2 billion bushel carryout that's probably going to linger for corn for a couple years. So 
um, you know, remembering when we have a year or two of big bull markets, history has shown us that the two to five to six years after that, usually prices are not fantastic. So we have to start to set realistic expectations, but I really feel if we can get any kind of recovery bounce, have your orders working because you know how it is. The market will be up there for just five minutes of one trading day. And if you don't have your orders in there ready to go, you're going to miss it. So that's my soap box. There you go. <laughs> well, and to, to piggyback off that as well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like, uh, you know, we always hear the old adage, high prices cure high prices, low prices cure low prices. But I feel like, High prices cure high prices faster than low prices cure low prices. I mean, would you agree with that? I think this is a this is a spot here where don't bury your head in the sand, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you just kind of gave me a gut punch. Like it's it's very true. I hadn't thought of it that way. That the high prices. I mean, they when they come, they're there only for short periods of time, and then they go away. And it's harder to dig out of that when prices are lower. It takes a combination of a new demand market to come into place and some major global weather issues to turn things around. Um, you know, we're also dealing with an administration right now that's, that is really trying to keep inflation lower. Um, they're going to want to bring interest rates down. And so there is some reasoning maybe potentially why, you know, the funds are waiting to see a cue from the fed before they decide they're going to exit some of these short positions. So, um, Keep it real, friends. You got to just keep it real this year. I didn't mean to throw any body blows uh, for you here today, <laughs> Naomi. Let's, uh, let's segue over and talk some livestock here real quick. Uh, cattle and, and the hog tree, really the whole protein sector as a whole. Yeah. Add some green on the screen to round out the week. Uh, cattle specifically, you brought up cattle earlier when we were talking China. Uh, what's some thoughts for you in, in the fats and feeders overall here as we're looking towards the end of the month of January? Yeah. Okay. So the biggest thing, there's actually a few. So we have a, on January 30th, 31st. So next week, Wednesday is the cattle inventory report. And that's yes. the big one. Um, it comes out at two o'clock um, heading into that report. The market now, when you look at live cattle charts, we've done a 50% correction from our highs in September to the recent lows. And we've bounced up and gained back half the value of what we had lost. So from a technical perspective, this might be as good as it gets. Uh, we had great cash news this week. So cash values had increased. Of course, the, the cold weather and the winter storm from a couple weeks ago was supportive to the market. Some of that's already priced in. We had good export sales this week, so that was definitely supportive. But now we're at the point of the market's probably going to be looking at this report next week, Wednesday, for its next big queue. Feeder cattle, same thing. Better news of cash. It has done a 50 to a 61% retracement for Fibonacci correction. So it's it's up there. RSI, we're getting to be overbought. Stochastic lines are starting to curve maybe into a sell signal. They're waiting for the report Wednesday. So we need some over-the-top bullish news on Wednesday to get the market to go significantly higher. If it's neutral news, um, we probably see the market maybe trade sideways then to a little bit lower afterwards. So think about... Uh, where we've had a recovery bounce from. And even with cattle, it's kind of like grain. We had, you know, year, a couple years of amazing cattle prices. We still have decent cattle prices overall. And granted, you can't rebuild a herd fast, but high prices in the cattle industry, when they're there, man, you got to capitalize on it. 
um, because things can go away after that. Just if the perception at all is showing that the herd is trying to rebuild, that's going to weigh in the market next week. So I have not yet seen any pre-report estimates Mm -hmm. for the report yet, but that'll be something that the industry really will um, scour over Monday when they probably come out. But again, that report's Wednesday, so um, get prepared for it. Yeah, good thoughts there. I haven't seen any pre-report estimates either, but uh, great points and a lot to think about uh, with that cattle trade here over the next couple of days. Uh, Naomi, I know you're up there in dairy country in Wisconsin. Any notes for us uh, real quick in the dairy markets? Well, it feels like that market may be trying to grind out a low here. We had a nice recovery day um, end of the weekend with milk prices 20 to nearly 40 cents higher. Uh, this week we had a um, dairy, the milk production report, and I showed that production was about 0.3% lower year over year. And so that was a little bit supportive because it is trending with lower production. Um, but what we're keeping an eye on is going to be the export market. It's not as red hot as it had been years ago. And I think that's why we're also still seeing $16 milk. Um, not any big fresh news on the cheese front, not any big fresh news on the butter markets. Uh, so we're kind of stuck, but it kind of really feels like maybe we're putting in a low behind us and ready to look forward. If the dollar can work lower, that'll be, of course, great for dairy exports. Um, and hopefully, I think the market's trying to bite on hope of China stimulus, meaning maybe China buys more dairy. They are a great customer from that capacity. So that's what the industry is going to be looking at in the coming weeks and months. Number three, China is on the uh, dairy front for U.S. exports. I learned that today, by the way. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> To wrap things up here, Naomi, uh, final thoughts, anything you want to reiterate to folks uh, here before we wrap it up today? Well, just again, the sentiment of keep it real. The more producers I talk about with grain marketing, they, they are slow to engage. Um, so they're either like, oh, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing, or, you know, making time to have a very detailed conversation with them of what's changed and why. And now we have to maybe change our perspective of what prices can do, but how to be proactive about it and go back to our marketing toolbox from 2017, 18 and 19, when prices were a little bit slimmer and remember how to do marketing with some of those other tools. So um, you got you're going to have a bounce here at some point, but just make sure you're ready to capitalize on it. Well, Naomi, if uh, folks have questions, want to have a conversation with you or the other folks on the team there at Total Farm Marketing, I know a phone call online, a lot of ways to get in touch. How can they reach you guys? Yeah, give us a call 800-334-9779 and any of us are happy to help out. Fantastic. And I know they could find you online as well. Totalfarmmarketing.com. With that, Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on Market Talk today. We'll have you back on again soon. Sounds great. Thanks. And once again, Naomi Bloom there with Total Farm Marketing joining us here today on Market Talk. Really appreciate her time and insight here into just uh, what she's seeing in this market trade overall. Hard to believe we're already almost to the end of the month of January 2024. Uh, it feels like the year just started and we're already almost to the end of the month. And uh, she highlighted it too that cattle inventory report coming up here on the 31st. Super important report. I cannot echo uh, her sentiments enough as uh, this cattle market again kind of been trending back upward, but. 
uh, any sort of neutral to bearish news, um, not something we really want to see, I think, in this cattle market. So that's going to be a big day on uh, Wednesday here this upcoming week. And we'll have coverage of that report and more from the Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. That is happening in Orlando, Florida here this upcoming week. And uh, really looking forward to being there on the ground and enjoying uh, time there with folks throughout the cattle industry, talking cattle and beef and more. And so uh, looking forward to some great discussions there. And we'll have some uh, on-hand conversations about that cattle inventory report and more. A few of the closes uh, real quick from Friday's session. March corn was down 5.5 at 4.46. We saw a new crop December corn. That was four and a half lower, 476 at a quarter. March beans down 13 to three quarters, 1209 and a quarter. Looking at uh, new crop November soybeans down 11 and a quarter, 1185. We see Chicago wheat for March. That was down 12 at six and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat down 12 and a quarter, 624 and three quarters. March spring wheat was down five and a half, 703 and a half on Friday. In livestock, live cattle for February up 72, 178.45. And live cattle for April up 97, 181.67. March feeders up 152, 239.70. February hogs up 62, 74.92. And April up 70, 83.25. All right, coming up next here on Market Talk, we're going to have a conversation with a new voice, Connor Bridgman with Advanced Trading. Joins us next here on Market Talk. If you miss an episode of Market Talk, you can listen back to the show anytime. Just search for Market Talk on your podcast platform of choice, and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button, or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And joining us now here on Market Talk as we take a look at how the week of trade wrapped up. Not the best closes in the grains and oil seeds on Friday. Well, the oil seeds, I should say, bean oil did have a little bit of green on the screen there, but overall seeing some pressure throughout corn, soybeans, and wheat. Joining us for a conversation, a new voice here on Market Talk, Connor Bridgman with Advanced Trading and ATI Pro Media. Connor, good to have you on the show, buddy. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Well, as I kind of alluded to, not the best end of the week in the grain no. trade. To me, it felt like it felt like some of that managed money crowd was maybe taking a little profit and or trying to protect some of their short positions because i know th these funds are, are very short in a lot of these grain markets right now so i don't know maybe that was some of it on friday what's your take of what we saw on friday's it, grain trade not the clothes we were looking for and you said it uh you were dead on the funds are uh as short as, as they've been since 2018 i believe 2019 we are super short and it's not a good market when we're if we're flipping over our bullish card our main bullish card right now is that how bearish the funds are right that doesn't feel good but it's there and as we started the week off uh, i thought i was hoping we'd build some momentum we'd see some uh you know get that 
a nasty Jan 12th report behind us and maybe start building, get some of that short covering rally. And we saw a little bit uh, like March beans, for example, we closed above uh, levels that we saw January 11th. So we kind of got that Jan 12th out. And then uh, I think we triggered some selling, maybe some funds jumping in and we closed lower uh, corn, soybeans, we all of the above uh, today. Well, I, I wonder this too, you know, you mentioned trying to clear out that, that Jan 12th report. Do you feel like the grains were maybe building a little bit of a base here, so to speak? I mean, what do you think, Connor? Yeah. Bases in um, like a kind of trying to get a bull, you know, trying to get a rally started. That yeah, type of base, like, a, is that what you mean? like a floor kind of base here with some of these, this market action. You know, if we look at charts I, and technicals, do you feel like we're kind of trying to build some sort of a floor down here at some of these price levels? I hope so. Uh, March corn, you know, we're still above that uh, low soybeans as well. So hopefully we build that and we start looking, you know, uh, we can talk about all the negatives in the past, but we still have a ton of unknowns in the market. Safrina corn crop mm -hmm. has, is just barely getting started. That's going to be a big one. Um, we're always, of course, we've got our own production that we have to talk about. What, what are we going to see in acreage and all that? So I personally, I would like, let's get some of the, uh, known, the negative news, the big carry numbers, and it'd be nice to see the trade start factoring in the unknowns and maybe start covering some of these short positions and see a little bit of a rally. Connor, I know uh, you guys there at Advanced Trading, traveling around winter meeting season, having a lot of conversations with growers. I mean, what's some of what you're hearing? You brought up that that production, that acreage battle. I feel like that's already starting to be a bit of a talk here in the marketplace. I mean, what are you hearing from, from customers right now in terms of what we could see this spring in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We saw, what did we see, Jesse? Two or three estimates uh, for yeah. acreage. And generally speaking, we're still planting a whole bunch of corn, not quite as much as the 94 million acres we saw this year. But most that I saw were the 92 and a half, 93 million acres. That's still a big corn acre. Throw a trend line yield, right? Uh, a 180, 181. We've got enough corn there. And so speaking to producers, the sentiment's definitely negative, especially if we didn't pull the trigger on some old crop. And now we've got uh, this slide and we haven't done anything for new crops. So uh, negative um, uh, psychology, you know, we're not look. it's not very positive right now. In terms of planting acreage, I would say it, it feels like the pencil still slightly pushes to corn at these prices, just given the the ratio. And as we know, you know, we put the most expensive corn crop in 2023 and we planted 94 million acres. So we love to plant uh, corn mm -hmm. in the U S so it feels like that's uh, still the mindset, but it's not, it's not, you know, I I'm going to call it 50, 50. It's not a big swing one way or the other from what I'm seeing. I feel like the sentiment I'm gathering and, and maybe you can add to this as well is that, you know, the general heart of the corn belt, we're going to see that normal rotation Accorded soybeans, yep. it's going to be some of these outside acres, northern plains, maybe cotton country, where we could maybe see a shift in acreage here in 2024. That's the sentiment I'm getting, Connor. Absolutely. And me, I'm in the heart of central Illinois, so I'm definitely in corn and soybean country. But uh, definitely, you know, cotton's had a decent run, I, you know, in terms of profit profitability for a guy i'm not sure where it would pencil but that's where we could see those fringe acres start creeping up on the corn acreage absolutely 
outside market stuff. I know we've had plenty of economic data this week that's impacting the market in the U.S. and China with their stimulus. I know yep. we got uh, a Fed going to get ready to meet here. I mean, there's there's a lot of that outside market stuff too. Anything big for you that you're really keeping an eye on in terms of how it's impacting grains and livestock here, Connor? Yeah, the Fed rate decision next week, uh, I think it's a pretty good chance they don't touch it at all. But that's something that the trade, you know, then if they're not going to touch it, then the trade pay attention to the rhetoric and how they're going to, you know, can we plan on a rate cut in March? Can we plan on one this summer? You know, we'll get some guidance from there. That will be a big one and that will affect producers um, a lot. Other than that, China, that's a big one. And it's it's not positive. You know, was it Monday or Tuesday, Jesse? We saw that one of their biggest head funds, hedge funds said, no, please quit sh- quit shorting our uh, stock. You know, no, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to short it anymore. Could you imagine if we did that in the United States? Not positive news. Uh, we saw like on hogs, they kind of are in- encouraging guys to uh, call the, uh, you know, how much hogs they're having and reduce that. So not a whole lot of positive news. The demand isn't really there. So we'll keep a close eye on China, but uh, nothing positive so far, especially this week in China. I know, too, uh, the geopolitical risks that are out there in the marketplace, too. I mean, you have China stepping in, uh, telling Iran to try and get control of the Houthi rebels and all the attacks in the Red Sea. So, I mean, we got shipping challenges around the world. We have still low water levels in the Panama Canal. There's there's a lot of yeah. these factors, too. I mean, Connor, right now, there's there's not a lot of positive news for the grain markets, is there? It sure doesn't feel like that, Jesse. Uh, and it feels like with logistics, I swear it was it four or five months ago, the Mississippi River levels were low. Then we had the yeah. Panama Canal. And now we've got the uh, Suez Canal, the Red Sea problem. It's 2024 might be the year of uh, logistics problems. But uh, the one uh, glimmer, if we do kick it over to cattle, cattle had a heck of a run this week. You know, I think we hit uh, 50%. We it, Don't quote me on this, but close to that 50% retracement from the mm-hmm. high. You know, we've had that sell-off. So probably a good thing if you're a cattle guy, start start looking at where we can lock in some profit, probably an actionable uh, market level, I would say. Definitely. And we got a big cattle inventory report coming up yes. here this uh, upcoming week on Wednesday at the 31st. I know a lot of folks are going to be watching that number closely, could kind of set the table here for the year ahead in this cattle market. Connor, to uh, kind of wrap things up, just uh, final thoughts from you, things you'd want to reiterate or tell folks here. I-, I think for risk management's sake right now, having a pencil that's sharpened, being smart, not burying your head in the sand, trying to use all the tools that are available to you. You know, we say all these things. I mentioned all these things on the show all the time. I think it's always good to kind of bring it back home to that because even with some of these lower prices right now, there's still opportunity. You still have to do things in terms of your marketing. So, I mean, any thoughts you could offer us uh, on as we kind of talk about that and kind of wrap up with risk management here real quick? Yep. Just make sure, you know, if we're going to sit on our hands and do nothing, doing nothing is making a decision. And so we need to keep that in mind. You know, as we look at acreage, as we look at trend line yields, uh, yield potential, right? That's all in the framework, things that we could see. And we could see some big carry numbers if we have some decent crops in South America and in the U.S. And I think you need to plan accordingly for that. We do have uh, next week, uh, February, it'll be February 1st, crop insurance uh, price discovery for corn and soybeans. So it will be good to 
maybe get through the month of February, see where crop insurance puts a floor on us, and then we can market accordingly against that. So that'd be something to um, keep in mind as we think of that. Um, PLC ARC decisions, right? I think you got to make that by uh, March 15th. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully we don't need any of them, right? Because if those are coming into uh, play, it means we saw a pretty big either yield hit or uh, price collapse if we're doing the PLC. But things to consider too, see which one um, works for your operation. So that's the things I'm looking at. Well, I want to give you guys a plug real quick too. I know you and uh, Tommy Grisafi, the team there, Advanced Trading, ATI Pro Media, you guys are doing something really cool uh, kind of a, a market rundown of the day, live every weekday morning at, at 9 a.m. Talk about that a little bit, Connor. Yeah, thank, thanks for plugging us. Um, we go live every day, uh, 9 a.m. on YouTube. Um, you can look at, listen to it afterwards on Spotify, Apple, but we're on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and we do it on Twitter. And so we just try and give you a, a quick 10 to 15-minute rundown on markets, outside markets, breakdown, what's happening live. Sometimes we... Uh, jump on, we start the show, and then the whole thing changes within five minutes, depending on the market action. So uh, you never know what to expect. And especially when you got the Tom Grasafi on the show as well, you definitely don't know what to expect. But <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I think we're giving some good information. I, I enjoy being live, digesting the news as it comes out. So it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, you bet. Well, I'll put a link to uh, your guys' channel as well on our YouTube video from our conversation, and you can check it out again. Uh, they'll be live every every weekday at 9 a.m. with ATI Pro Media Advanced Trading. Connor Bridgman with Advanced Trading. Appreciate the time. Thanks for joining me here on the show. It's great to have you on. We'll have you back on the program again in the future, my friend. Sounds great. Thanks, Jesse. Once again, Connor Bridgman there with Advanced Trading and ATI Pro Media. With that, we are out of time here on Market Talk. Thanks to Connor. Thanks to Naomi Bloom for joining us today as well. I'm Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Market Talk.